Well, I'd like to welcome you to our last podcast. And we're going to do this a little bit different. I'm going to lead the podcast today and have a conversation with Ramey a little bit as we go through a few things. And we are looking at the appendix, and we're also going to look at some of the footnotes. Um, That might sound really boring to you, um, but it's not. Trust me, um, it's worth it. And we're going to start on page 249 of the appendix. And you'll see in there I I lay out um, healing as a process, a three-stage process with 11 steps. And I think this little diagram helps you to see, maybe in a different way, just to see it all right there together. And that, one, it really is a a process. Um, It doesn't happen quickly necessarily. It takes time. Um, There's frequently a lot of starts and stops. And and that's just the way healing is. Um, Physical healing is a process. And spiritual healing is also a process. Um, So I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. Um, I I think sometimes people struggle. Um, with the idea because they want it to go faster. Yeah, well, we're used to quick fixes, right? I mean, if we want a book, we go on Amazon and it's on our doorstep the next day. Right. It better be, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, so we're just used to having what we want and satisfying everything right away. So it's hard for us to realize that there are just, there's always going to be certain things in life that take time and healing is one of them. Um, So, yeah, that's just an important point to remember. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And just to give yourself the freedom, you know, to go through the process without added suffering, which Mm is why is it taking so long? You know, that just causes you to suffer more. Um, At the bottom of 249, um, the Ten Commandments of Healing, um, this is Father Robert de Grandis. Um, He says, number one, believe that God generally wants all men healed to be healthy whole in body, mind, and spirit. Um, Two, you shall receive the sacraments as often as possible to be healed. Three, pray for the sick as often as possible. Four, trust in the love of Jesus to heal the sick. Five, lay hands on the person when reasonably possible. Six, surrender our lives into the hands of Jesus. Seven, you shall forgive all who hurt who have hurt or offended you. Um, eight, pray for those who hurt you. Nine, believe in the words of Jesus regardless of what seems to be happening. And ten, praise and thank Jesus for his love as often as possible. Um, he likes that word possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in a lot of his commandments. But I think um, these ten commandments of, of healing are a good guide. Um, especially just um, trusting in Jesus, surrendering to Jesus, um, praising and thanking Jesus, um, and you know, going through um, some of these steps. I don't know if there's one that sticks out to you in particular. Oh, surrendering for sure. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I know for me, and it's been it's become very popular the surrender novena. Uh, and that's been really helpful. I tend to be one of those people that wants to take control of everything. Um, so I think it's very important to remember to surrender our lives into the hands of Jesus. And also, as it says here, you know, believe in the words of Jesus, regardless of what's happening. Sometimes when we're in the moment, we can't understand 
why this is happening. And, you know, after a period of time, we look back and, you know, we realize maybe that experience, you know, helped us in some way or developed us, you know, we became more developed spiritually or we became closer to him uh, because of that. So, yeah, those yeah. two things really stick out to me. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I talk about that in the book, too, just that God will heal you mm -hmm. um, in his time and through his means, mm -hmm. you know. And sometimes we want it in our time and through our means. And, yeah. and that's not always the case, you know. Um, yeah, and we can, you can be closer to Jesus through these experiences. And, um, you know, in your last section we did, you said something I think is really important as far as finding meaning in, in what happened. And sometimes the meaning is, you know, sharing our experience with someone else who's going through that and helping them through it too. Uh, and there can be meaning through that as well. So, yeah. For sure. Um, well, continuing on to page 250, um, Dr. Bob shoots on his instruction on praying for inner healing. Um, he has this outline, and I'm not going to read it all to you, but I do recommend reading and reflecting on it. Um, he talks about trying to look at the, the symptoms. I'm trying to look at the, the root of the problem, um, looking at the painful experiences and the corresponding belief or the corresponding lie, um, looking at um, allowing Jesus to reveal more to you, and allowing Jesus to show you if there's any barriers and also some advice on how to receive um, the healing and, and integrate it into your life. So we're not going to talk too much about this, but I just think it's a, a good outline of, of some variety of steps towards healing. And it's really kind of another approach. Um, he doesn't have an 11 step approach, but he has this, this step approach where he asks a number of questions and, and challenges you to look at a number of areas in your life. Um, continuing on to page 251 and 252 and 253, um, there's Father John Hampsch. Um, Father Hampsch was a Claritian missionary in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. He was one of the first um, to really evangelize um, through media, and he did that through a, through tapes at the time, um, cassette tapes, if you know what those are. I remember those. <laughs> and um, he he did, had a worldwide ministry doing this, and he became famous for his prayer for inner healing, um, his prayer for deliverance and his prayer for healing your family tree. And all three of these are really good. The prayer for inner healing is something you could pray periodically. Um, it touches on a number of different areas where we might need healing. It's a very powerful prayer. And the prayer for deliverance, um, this is a prayer that anyone can pray, not just a priest, but also lay people. And um, sometimes you need a a stronger, more direct deliverance prayer, and this this is a good example of that. And there's also the prayer for healing your family tree, um, which you could pray 
um, before going to mass or maybe after mass. Um, the, the best way to bring healing to our families or one of the most powerful ways is through the mass. And praying a prayer like this helps you to get more specific with what you're asking of God. Um, and as I said, you could pray it um, before or even during or after after the Mass. So um, I included those prayers because I think they're they're very useful. Um, on, on page 253 and 254, um, there's three last prayers written by me. Um, one is my identity as a, as a son of God, um, my identity as a daughter of God. Um, and both of these prayers are helping us um, to receive our identity as a beloved son or daughter of God. And I think um, this is an ongoing need for us, you know. Absolutely. And as we pray the prayer, um, we can memorize it. Um, I've actually got cards and kind of embarrassing, but um, the real titles for these prayer prayers are my identity as a beloved son of God or my identity as a beloved daughter of God. And we actually have them in Spanish and English. And, um, and so a lot of people have found these helpful. And it's really part of it is just proclaiming and claiming the truth over your life and letting that sink in more deeply. And you can get um, these cards at mercyforgivenesshealing.com, just so you know. Right, <laughs> have you used the cards or do you have any thoughts on them? That's just very powerful. It's important for us to remember our true identity. You know, we can get caught up in all these, you know, false attributes and thinking that's who we are. But what we really are at the core is a son or daughter of God. Um, and reading these words out loud helps us remember that <laughs> and helps us guide our life and realize our, my favorite line is, you know, uh, my, uh, he has given me dignity, value, and worth. And just remembering that in everything we do. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there is, there is a real benefit in, a, in reading them, praying them out loud, um, even, the, even praying them with another person, um, praying them in adoration, these kinds of things. Um, you know, in the actual book, I don't include this self-forgiveness prayer on 254. Um, I think that was a mistake, um, but it is right here. And it just turns out, you could pass me those cards too. Um, we, Ramey and I, um, designed some, some new cards that we're going to be making available um, one is called Forgiving Others, and the other is called Forgiving Yourself. And the forgiveness prayer that's in here um, is on this card. And what we, we challenge you to do is actually write down um, the, the specific things that you want to forgive someone for or the specific things that you want to forgive yourself for. And then if it's self-forgiveness, um, to use this prayer. and you know, um, this prayer acknowledges that we do have talents and strengths and abilities that God has given us, 
And we also have weaknesses and faults, and and that's okay. Um, God loves us in the midst of that. And we also have imperfections, believe it or not. <laughs> and, you know, in this modern time, we tend to condemn ourselves um, for for all the ways we don't measure up. And we tend to have this unhealthy sense of perfectionism. And all of these things are incorporated into the prayer because I see them as... as um, Issues that are that frequently come up with a lots of people. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, me, me included. <laughs> yeah, which one? <laughs> Perfection. Yeah, right. All of them. All of the above. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think I think these are very, very real, and, and so the prayer is very practical in that way, and it gives you a way to directly and specifically forgive yourself. Um, I think a lot of times we talk about self-forgiveness as kind of this general thing that you can do. But then when it comes down, well, how do I actually do that? Um, this is this is one way to do that, mm-hmm. is to list the things you want to forgive yourself for and incorporate them into the self-forgiveness prayer. Um, and these cards um, are going to be made available um, through the Chapel of the Holy Cross, also um, through my website, mercyforgivenesshealing.com. Um, I, we want to do one last thing. This might sound strange to you. Um, it's kind of maybe the nerd in me, um, but I think it's it's interesting, so we're going to do it. Is We're going to look at a couple footnotes. Um, so if you turn to page 263, um, chapter 1, footnote number 6, um, I quote um, John Paul II, in his encyclical um, Divis and Misericordia. And in there, there's a footnote. Um, and the footnote is on the four different Hebrew words for mercy. And according to John Paul II's research, um, one word for mercy is his said, which indicates a profound attitude of goodness, grace, or love. Um, a second is Rahim which notes the love of a mother, including feelings of goodness, tenderness, patience, or readiness to forgive. Um, Number three, hamal, um, which means to spare a defeated enemy, but also to show mercy and compassion. And number four, hus, um, which expresses pity and compassion, um, especially in in terms of your feelings. And interestingly enough, I think um, St. Thomas Aquinas incorporates these into his understanding of mercy. Um, And I just want to remind you that um, going back and looking at that first chapter again, um, there's just a very rich explanation and um, which is helping you to understand the depth of the word mercy and the depth of the word forgiveness. And and I think um, there's something really important there. Um, in the future, I want to write a book on the heart. Um, look at especially all the different scripture passages where the word heart is used. And when we do that, um, we, we find out that it's um, words have multiple 
meanings and understandings and there you end up with this depth yeah there's richness. a richness yeah. to these words that yeah. we've lost over time so it's good for us to recall that yeah i mean when you think of mercy you wouldn't think there'd be four right. four different words for it right yeah. and so the in the hebrew language they they def, they recognize that there's different kinds of mercy um and even the mercy that a mother shows her child and with a, having a readiness to forgive because um, mm -hmm. children often need to be forgiven over <laughs> and over and over again. So um, that's a good, good thing for mothers to cultivate and fathers too. Um, so just wanted to point that out. Um, if you, if you go to page 266 at the bottom, um, Thomas Aquinas lists seven characteristics of a habitus. Um, and a new favorite word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one of my favorite words. I, would, I know it's not used anymore, but it was used a lot by St. Thomas Aquinas. And a habitus is not a habit. Um, it's not even a virtue. It's when the virtue becomes part of you. And that's the real goal is for virtues um, to become part of us and to flow out of us um, mm. very naturally, very normally. And so he has these seven things in regards to habitus. I'm going to read them. Um, habitus is a quality of long duration, which is difficult to change. So if you have a habitus, you're going to have it for a long time, and it's going to be difficult to change. Um, number two, it belongs to every habitus to have relation to an act. Number three, habitus affects the nature of a thing such that it leads to a well or ill-disposed disposition. So as we, as a virtue becomes part of us, as it becomes a part of a habitus, our nature actually begins to change and become hopefully more, um, you know, more in line with and closer to the nature of of Christ. Um, number four, a habitus involves a disposition that is in a state of potentiality, either to form or to activity. Number five, habitus is not caused by one act, but only by many. And he's, St. Thomas Aquinas is pointing out that um, you don't develop a habitus by one action, it's many, many actions over time. And that's how we develop it. And then eventually that just becomes our way of being. Um, number six, a habitus can grow and, and it can also be corrupted by sin and lost if he remains in that sin. So even a habitus that's become part of us can continue to grow in us, um, but it also can be corrupted by sin and it can be lost um, if you remain. In that sin. And number seven, a good habitus disposes him to act according with his nature, and an evil habitus disposes him to act against his nature. And St. Thomas Aquinas is pointing out, I think, that we are born good, you know, we are created good. Um, there's a goodness in us, um, we're created in the image and likeness of God. And and so 
as we develop virtues that become habituses, um, we begin to act in accord with the way that God made us, in a way in accord with our nature. And when we do the opposite, um, then we're we're beginning to live um, in a way that's against our nature. Um, so um, these are the seven characteristics of a habitus. Um, some of them are very philosophical. Some of them are easy to make sense of. But um, do you, is there one that sticks out to you at all? I'd just like to reiterate that last one again. I think it's important for us to remember that everything we're talking about is in accord with our nature already. Like <laughs> we're basically talking about all these things, these virtues, um, and just we were talking about our identity. I mean, everything in this book is trying to get us back to who we were created to be. Um, so I think it's just important to remember that piece of it. It's nothing is going against who we were made to be and what we're naturally supposed to be. Right. And even healing itself, um, we use the word restoration um, to, to describe healing, and in, mm -hmm. which means we're restoring it back to what it was in the yeah. beginning. Um, and that echoes that as well. And, and so, yeah, there is this real sense in which um, we can be restored back to our nature. And mm -hmm. even the identity person self, sometimes, you know, people feel like they lost their identity or they gave up their identity. And I, I understand that it can feel that way, um, but we actually can't lose our identity. Right. It's part of our nature, but we can rediscover it mm -hmm. and it can be restored and renewed in us again. And, and that's um, really powerful. Um, but we, no matter what we do, we don't actually lose it. Yeah, we can get it back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It can be restored. It can be restored. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. We didn't lose it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a subtle point there. Right, right. Um, but um, and then our our last thing, yes, the last thing I want to mention is on page two seventy three. Um, footnotes 384, um, where Neil Lozano, in his book Unbound, um, lists nine reasons um, why um, it's hard to forgive or you may choose not to forgive or things that keep us from forgiving. Um, his nine reasons, number one, lack of faith. Number two, lack of want. Number three, lack of awareness of deep wounds. Um, number four, a desire for revenge. Number five, fear. Number six, pride. Number seven, failure to take responsibility. Number eight, influence of evil spirits. And number nine, lack of understanding in regards to the forgiveness a person's been given by God. And you could say a lot about each one of those. I know of Neil Lozano. Um, I, I've, I've spend time with him in the past. And I believe he would say, you know, only one of them has to do with evil spirits. And um, the rest of these um, pretty much have to do with ourselves and they're things we can work on. You know, we can grow in faith. We can grow in our desire to forgive and we can pray for the desire to forgive. Um, we can start to look at our, our wounds um, and, make the connection that a lot of times 
our wounds are connected to this, the reality that we haven't forgiven. And that's what's continually wounding us. Um, sometimes we have to give up a desire for revenge. And sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's pride. Um, sometimes we, we're blaming it all on the other person when it's really, there's a significant amount of it that we need to take responsibility for. If we don't, then we're going to miss out on the fullness of healing that God has for us. And of course, evil spirits don't want us to forgive, and they're going to try to prevent us from forgiving um, others and forgiving ourselves. And that's, that is a, a reality. And, um, and then number nine is kind of going back to the having compassion part where you start to understand that um, God has forgiven this person and, and so I should for, forgive them also. Mm. Um, so I thought there was just some really cool things there. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, lack of awareness, I think that's kind of falls into denial too. When we talk about your steps where it's just, you don't even realize you need to, or you're, you're like, I'm fine. It's fine. You know, it's over now. I don't need to think about it. I don't need to forgive. I don't need to. Um, and also fear. It's kind interesting. Denial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and um, fear, it's kind of going back to the identity thing, not to sound like a broken record, but you know, I think there's a fear of losing that identity of, of being tied to whatever somebody did, you know, <laughs> like it becomes a part of, who you are somehow. And if you forgive and let that go, like, who are you? Now you got to figure out a new thought pattern, a new lifestyle, you know, so, can't blame everything on that person. Right. Anymore. And that can be scary in a way, you yeah. know, uh, yeah, because in it's a strange way. It can be. Yeah. It's like new territory. Yeah. It's like, well, if I'm not, you know, blaming everything that happens to me on this person or what happened, then I'm going to have to take responsibility. I'm going to have to, live a different life or, or whatever. So I, there's that, it doesn't seem like fear, but I think there's that fear element in that as well. And maybe a little pride too. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think with the, um, the fear, it's more that there's, you've taken on a false identity, mm -hmm. right? So it's yeah. not, it's not your true identity, but you've taken on a false identity and it's in some strange way, you don't want to give it up. Because yeah. you're afraid. So maybe it's comfortable. You know, afraid too. of the unknown. Um, it's comfortable. But yeah. um, again, it's kind of like not, you know, having a book bag full of bricks <laughs> that you're carrying around that you don't want to give up. Right. <laughs> you want to sleep with it. You want to exercise with it. You know, go everywhere with it. Um, when you could, just take it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it sounds so, crazy, but we all do it, right? We, we, we do. <laughs> Yeah, I'll do it. Um, so that is, we've come to the end of these podcasts and the reading of the book. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed this. Um, I hope it's been fruitful for you. Um, I keep you in my prayers um, that you can grow in your ability to forgive and have mercy and that you can receive more healing in your life and help others receive it. Um, it's, it's been a lot of fun to to do this projects and it's been fun to do it with you Ramey and thank, thank you, you for yeah. all your hard work Ramey is actually the ones editing the videos <laughs> and accompanying me on these podcasts and 
Um, I think it was a little hard in the beginning because we'd never done anything like this, <laughs> but I, it turned out to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Yeah, and um, the book is available on the website. Um, the forgiveness cards are available. Um, the identity cards are available. There's also a, a pamphlet on the truth versus the lies, and we're working on more stuff, and Ramey's helping me with that too. Um, I'm kind of giving her the information, and she's doing the cr creative part. And so I look forward to um, providing more resources in the future. And I am very excited about um, 12 Steps um, to Healing of the Heart, um, which will come out in the next couple months. Um, it'll be a shorter book, about 80 or 90 pages. Um, it's really a guide for you. Um, to pray through. And Can I mention too, Father has been doing healing masses at the Chapel of the Holy Cross the first Friday of the month. And starting last November 2022, at every healing mass, he does a step of the 12 steps to healing of the heart. Every and first Friday. Every first Friday at the Chapel of the Holy Cross. Uh, that's what the homily is on. So if you want to get a sneak preview um, if you go to YouTube, uh, search Chapel Sedona, that's our page. And we actually have a playlist called 12 Steps to Healing of the Heart where I'm putting these homilies. So I think we're at self-forgiveness now. Since it's only once a month, it will, it'll take us. And he's splitting some of them into two we're, as well. We just so. finished self-forgiveness. Yes. Um, so we're in freedom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll probably, do, probably do two on freedom. Yeah. yeah, so so go there. You'll start getting a preview of of the steps. Yeah, and and I'm at it. I've, I'm working at it, trying to um, understand these steps better myself. And um, there is quite a bit in there that's new that I haven't written down and not I haven't even said out loud before. So um, you can definitely check that out. Yeah, and. I'm sure we'll we'll do something like this again as well. Um, do you have anything you want to say before we close up? No, just thank you very much. I I've learned a ton from this book that and it's very practical. I've already applied much of it to my life and it's been it's been wonderful and I'm sure it's going to continue to deepen. So thank you, Father, for writing this. Oh, you're thank welcome. you for letting me be a part of it. You're welcome. Yeah, of course. We wouldn't be we wouldn't be doing it without you. Um, so yeah, let's just close with a prayer. Um, name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the chance to to go through the book, The Virtue of Mercy and Forgiveness, um, Keys to Healing a Broken Heart. Um, we pray that um, we might learn to practice forgiveness. Um, in mercy more frequently and more quickly, more easily. And we pray that um, we can receive healing um, for anything that's happened to us in the past, um, anywhere where we need healing. And just thank you as we're taping this here on Holy Thursday. Um, we thank you for the gift of the priesthood and the gift of the Eucharist, um, the gift of your sacrifice on the cross, which we'll celebrate tomorrow, um, the gift of the sacraments of baptism and confirmation in the Eucharist, which we'll celebrate at the Easter Vigil, and thank you for your resurrection, um, which we will celebrate at Easter. 
And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he pour out his grace, his mercy, his love, his healing into your lives. May he shine the light of his face upon you and give you his peace. And may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.